All right, so let's, let's move forward with the text for today. So we're in Matthew 7. We're gonna read this aloud together. So if you would, stand with me and let's read the text together. So this then is the text for today. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. Or what man is there among you when his son asks for a loaf, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he not give him a snake? Will he? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give what is good to those who ask of him? May God bless the reading of his word. You know, one of the, one of the things that I love about Jesus is that his instructions are always simple. You, you see it here as, it's, as it begins in our text for this week, ask, seek, Knock. Jesus' instructions, they're not easy, but they are crystal clear. And what Jesus is calling us to do and who Jesus is calling us to be. When, when, we, when you think about these, these moments in Scripture where Jesus gives us commands, they're clear and concise, like love your neighbor. It's simple. And, and in its simplicity, it's, it's generic, and I don't mean Jesus is generic, but it's generic enough that the command covers the globe across time, that that command is not unique to a single person, but it, it compels every single one of us to follow Jesus in these ways. And because it's generic, it has unlimited possibility and grand application. You see, this is how Jesus' instructions work. Simple commands with wondrous opportunity. Clear instruction that will lead you places you would never be able to go on your own. So today, Jesus takes us in, in Matthew 7, 7, these three instructions, which are relatively synonymous, but we're gonna take them independently. Ask, seek, Knock. Now, there is some similarity there, but, but we come to ask. It's the, the first command of Jesus here in, in this text where he says, come to, come to the Lord your God and, and ask him what's on your heart. You know, we hear people say that you should ask. There's no, um, it never hurts to ask. Or you hear people say something like this, what's the worst that could happen if you asked? Right? The, the worst is, is they could say no, but, but why, don't, why don't you ask? Be open in your communication. And, and all, all of those things are true, but I want us to think and, and drill down into what Jesus means when Jesus says ask. Because there's a couple of qualifications that we see as we work down through this text that we need to know. Because first, this ask is assuming a relationship with God himself. You're, you're, not, you're not asking your neighbor for that which is on your heart, but you're asking the creator of the universe who has resources beyond what you can imagine. Jesus is saying, go and ask your God. Whatever's on your heart, 
lay it out before him. I don't, I don't care what it is. It, it doesn't matter what it is. Whatever's on your heart, pour it out before God. This is one of the best things you can do for your life. This is one of the best things you can do for your heart. This is one of the best things you can do for your future is if you would spill out all of your wants, all of your desires, everything in your heart, pour it out before the throne of God and ask and you'll be amazed at how God will respond. You know, Jesus gives us a few promises in this text as we move from verse seven into verse eight. He says, you know, if, if you ask, it's, it's gonna be given. If, if you ask, you're, you're going to receive. But, but with that, no, it, it, there's the other clarification that, that we need to give here. And the clarification, you know, Jesus gives some examples that kind of like we did up here with those children of a, of a good father who gives bread instead of a stone. And in this example, God is the perfect example of generosity and goodness. That as we pour out what's on our heart before the throne of God, God's not gonna give us a burden. God's not gonna give us something that's going to put us in danger. I mean, it's good for us to ask what's on our heart but, but too often, what we ask for is irrelevant. And, and what we ask for is, is harmful. And so God, God's not gonna give you those things that are harmful and irrelevant. But he wants you to ask. Because ultimately, what's, what's happening here is, is as you pour out what's on your heart at the throne of God, God's gonna deepen this relationship with you. Right? When he says ask, it doesn't mean that God's going to indulge your appetite. God, God's not going to appease your flesh. But what God is going to do is he's gonna deepen his relationship with you. He wants to spend time with you as you ask. And, and as you ask and as you pour out your heart, God's gonna transform you so that your prayer ends up sounding more like the Lord's prayer than some kind of a wish list. Look back with me, Matthew 6.10. We studied this a few weeks ago. We've been going through week by week in the Sermon on the Mount. But look at, look at Matthew 6.10, where Jesus, Jesus is asking, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done. This, this is about God's will and what God's want, right? The, the ask here isn't my will, but it's being transformed into your will. In, generally, as this works across humanity, when we're young in Christ, when we're babies in Christ, Christ, as we're learning to pray, we almost always inevitably pray, my will, my kingdom. As we grow in faith, Jesus teaches us this part of the prayer, Matthew 6, 10, thy will be done. And, and let's keep, keep moving there. We have Matthew 6, 11, one more. And give us this day my daily bread. Uh, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. See what Jesus is asking for there. God, give me my needs and connecting my physical needs with him. And God, give me forgiveness. God, lead me away from temptation. Keep temptation away from me. Look at, when you see these asks, 
in the Lord's Prayer, it's so much different than what we typically ask for. Here, we're asking for forgiveness. We're asking God to lead us away from temptation, provide for my daily needs. These are how our prayers are transformed in and with our God. And this, this is where you start to get into a healthy relationship and fruitful asking. You see, as baby Christians, the ask is off. But, but hear me in this. God's fine with that. God's, God's fine with your ask being off because the ask is a part of a deepening relationship. And just know that as the ask is off, God's gonna transform you. And God's gonna transform the ask. Now the second instruction that we get here is seek. And the promise is that which you seek you will find. Right, this, this isn't a search for the lost gold of the Incas. When we typically think of that word uh, seek, which we studied in Matthew 6.33 a couple of weeks ago, when we, when we usually think of that word seek, we're, we're thinking about just a quest through the remote mountains of Ecuador, hoping for a, a fortune at the end. But, but that's, that's in a limited resource. In fact, if every one of us prayed that way, there's only one of us who could find that kind of treasure. That's not the kind of seeking that Jesus is talking about here. This kind of seeking that Jesus is talking about here is more like Jeremiah 29. Look with me, Jeremiah 29, 13, and 14. You will seek me, and this, this kind of seek, it's a seeking of God like the world searches for lost gold. Seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And, and one more there. And, and this is the promise of God. When you search for God with all of your heart, the promise of his word is you will find him. God is not hidden like some treasure in the mountains. God is abundant and God is available. And when you turn and you seek him, you will find him, right? And I will restore your fortunes. I'll gather you from all the nations, from where the places I have driven you, declares the Lord. There is this restoration of life in turning and seeking the Lord. You see, this is a specific kind of seeking in and of the kingdom of God. This is not about finding yourself or finding your fortune. This is about seeking and finding the kingdom of God. In fact, what this seeking turns into, it's kind of a repentance that turns into purpose. It's, it's a changing what I seek in my heart instead of setting my heart towards wealth or towards my desires and what my flesh wants. And, and I turn it and I seek the kingdom of God and everything is turned on its head and, and life becomes this, this fruitfulness that is defined by an eternal purpose. It's this plan for your life that far exceeds the plastic trophies or devalued dollars this world likes to give. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and everything else will be added unto you. Now, there's a, there's a third instruction here to knock and the knock then is, th there comes this promise of opening. In fact, I want you to consider another passage with me here. When we think about this word knock, because I think a lot of us will go there. When we think about the word knock, I think we, we usually think of a different verse in Revelation 3.20. 
And you're gonna see as we get Revelation 3.20 here, before I, before I read it for you, I want you to recognize this. Um, it's, it is a different context, right? In Matthew 7, it's, it's us knocking. Jesus gives us this instruction, you knock. And if you knock, the door of heaven will be opened to you. In Revelation 3.20, it's, it's, it's an opposite image, but the, the concept is important. It's Jesus knocking. So here, Revelation 3.20, behold, I, Jesus, stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come into him and will dine with him and he with me. So knocking comes with this expectation of hospitality. And, and what you see in both of these, in Matthew 7, us knocking, Revelation 3, Jesus knocking, is this expectation of hospitality. And it's a holy hospitality. So in Revelation 3, Jesus says, open the door and I will come in and dine with you. It's, it's this this moment of sharing a meal with Jesus there's a real intimacy to it and Jesus Jesus is telling us in Revelation 3 I'm the one who initiates this opportunity for you to dine in the heavenly banquets is through me Jesus Christ and what we see in Revelation 3 is what we know throughout Scripture. It's Jesus who initiates this heavenly hospitality to every one of us. And, and Jesus is saying, just respond to this invitation. Respond to this knocking, and you will have the privilege and joy of dining with Jesus. And we see a similar kind of thing in Matthew 7. It, 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 Jesus is, is saying, Knock, and so he's given us that same. He's saying, initiate this hospitality. It's it's this longing of of wanting to be there with Jesus and 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 interact in this heavenly hospitality. Right, knocking comes with an expectation of hospitality, and and what Jesus is promising here is that we when we come before the throne of God, when we become to the to the banquet hall of heaven, it, it is open to those who love Jesus. He's saying that the door is, is ready, that the heavenly hosts are, are waiting for you. They're gonna walk you to Jesus to show you where he is so you can be near, with, near to him. You can be a part of what he's doing and bring you right up to that table fellowship with the King of kings and the Lord of lords. So Jesus gives us these simple instructions and, and he's saying, if you will obey me in these ways, it will yield an ending fruit in your life. Ask. Whatever's on your heart, ask God. Even if you're ashamed of it, he will transform it. Ask him what's on your heart. He's like, seek Seek this deepening relationship with God. And only good comes from that. And God's gonna honor you seeking him. 
It says with, with knock, he's saying, come and dine with me. So we can enjoy this life together. It's, it's a dining that begins in the supper, the Lord's Supper. And, and, it, and it takes you all the way to, to the feast of heaven. And, and Jesus is saying, as you, as you work through these simple instructions of asking and seeking and knocking, all will be well. It's not going to be easy. But in your obedience, all will be well. And, and as we, we listen to Jesus in this way, he's saying, this, this, is, this is where you find your breath for survival. This is, this is how you come to know the, the relief of, of walking in step with your creed, creator and your redeemer. You know, if, if you, if you want to know what it's like to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength, Jesus is saying, start here. Ask, seek, knock, and it will be given to you. Let's pray together. Lord, we thank you for this time. And we pray, Lord, as we come to your word, that your spirit would transform us by each page of scripture. Lord, that every verse would be written on our hearts and that our lives would be made new not because of who we are, but because of the power of your spirit working in us by the body and blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, make us whole. Let us see and know your spirit. It's in the name of our Lord and risen Savior, Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.